from the offices of Great River Investments in the beautiful city of Burlington, Iowa. This is the Marvin Knows Finances Show. I am your host, Marvin Thompson, your certified financial planner. And joining me today is Joe Jolin of Jolin Media in West Burlington, Iowa, and Todd Sladke, CPA, and my teammate at Great River Investments. Thank you for taking a few minutes out of your day to listen in. And as always, for all you listeners on Google Podcasts and Spotify, don't forget to click the subscribe button. If you prefer to see us in action as we record this show, please check out our YouTube channel, Marvin Knows Finances, and click subscribe there as well. Just like the last and every time, I have to take care of a little business before we get to moving too far forward to make sure my compliance department stays happy with me. Marvin Thompson is an investment advisor representative and a registered investment advisor with Brokers Financial Member SIPC. Opinions expressed in this program do not necessarily reflect those of Brokers Financial. The topics discussed and the opinions given are not intended to address the specific needs of any listener. Great River Investments LLC does not offer legal or tax advice. Listeners are encouraged to discuss their financial needs with the appropriate professional regarding your individual circumstances. So, gentlemen, good morning. How you good doing? Doing well. Don't Thanks well. for having me. Good, good. So today we're going to be talking about insurance, the value of insurance and so forth. But before we get to that, we're going to talk about our question of the week. All right. So our question of the week. Let me find my piece of paper here. So I got it right here, I think. All right. Our question of the week is this. I keep hearing about inflation, but I'm not sure what it is. Is there anything I can do to protect myself and my investments? Okay. I love that question because it's actually um, it's actually been a pretty big topic in the news lately, especially the financial news. If you watch CNBC throughout the day or Bloomberg or Fox News business, um, you're going to hear this discussion of inflation. So let's start with a basic definition of inflation. Okay. Inflation is the decline of purchasing power of a given currency over a period of time. That's the, the legal definition of it, I guess, is a better way to say it. Um, the way I look at it is it costs you more to buy things. Okay, let's simplify it down a lot. Okay, and we are seeing <clears throat> we are seeing the beginnings of what I believe to be an inflationary period coming in. And I'm going to use something simple. Okay, um, we all go to the grocery store on a weekly or bi-weekly basis. Have you guys started seeing the prices of food getting astronomically high? Yeah, I've definitely seen it in meat prices. Meat prices. I was thinking the same thing. So at Hy-Vee the other day, looking at a ribeye steak, which I don't know why it was because I have my own cattle, but nineteen ninety nine a pound. A pound. Ooh, I have not seen it that for high. a ribeye. This wasn't like a cool cowboy cut or anything like that. This is just a basic ribeye full of fat and grossness, you know. But nineteen ninety nine. Um, I also think, look at McDonald's. You know, I go to McDonald's all the time. You know, I went there this morning, bought a cup of coffee, a hash brown, and two sandwiches. It cost me 11 bucks. Wow. I was immediately thinking, you know, Marvin, when you were a kid, mm-hmm. that was like five bucks. But an egg McMuffin is $3.49 a sandwich. Wow. It's incredible. That is. It's incredible. So inflation. It has to do with people, you know, right now, can't hire people. Can't hire people. So it drives the cost up. It drives drives the cost of business up, which then they have to cover with added revenue. Drives the price of food up. Drives the price of everything up. So it's it's unbelievable. So, folks, we're getting ready to enter into an inflationary period here. Gas has gone up. Food's gone up. Those are just kind of your basic things. Lumber. Lumber's gone way up. Yeah, any construction. You know, any construction. So, So the second part of the question is, is there anything I can do, you know, any place I can put my money to maybe protect against inflation? Okay. So before I answer that question, I'm going to start with a place you should not be putting money, okay? If we're getting ready to enter into an inflationary period of time, don't be buying CDs at a bank, okay? Um, not to say CDs are a bad product by any means, but CDs pay a very, very low interest rate, usually below the inflationary rate, 
So by putting monies into a CD or a savings account or a bank account, um, you're, you're not getting anywhere. You're actually you're, going back. You're locking yourselves into locking a lower rate. In. Exactly right. Exactly right. And rates may rise yep. over time as inflation rises. Yep. Having cash is an important part of a true financial plan. I'm not saying that's not the case. But if you're sitting on a couple hundred thousand dollars or 250000 or whatever the amount is, $10,000, don't be buying into CDs. Okay? You're going to go backwards. It's not a good thing. So I'm going to give you guys five um, general areas where you can consider putting some investment money. Now, I'm going to tell you right off the bat, this is not a recommendation on my part. I don't know your situation. Uh, take this for what it's worth. Do your own research. Talk to your own financial advisor. This is not a recommendation. Okay? It's just like when we did the cryptocurrency podcast a few weeks ago. We did not recommend cryptocurrencies. It's a good thing you didn't take the advice because they plummeted a little bit. All right. So here's some general areas about inflation uh, protection. Commodities. Okay? You can go out and you can buy investments that actually do invest in commodities. Okay? You can buy lumber investments. You can buy general commodity investments. You can buy gold, precious metals, things like that. So that's one area you can look at. Uh, real estate investment trusts, REITs is what they're called, okay? Um, real estate historically has been a fairly good um, hedge against inflation factors, okay? We're not gonna make any recommendations on which one to buy. The only thing I would say about REITs is make sure that if you do decide to invest in your REITs, that you're buy buying into a liquid REIT, okay? Almost like an index fund, okay? Do not go out and buy an illiquid REIT. It'll just get you in trouble down the road. Um, a balanced portfolio. A balanced portfolio might be something like a 60-40 mix between stocks and bonds. Okay, um, Invest in the S&P 500. Stock market historically has been a very good hedge against inflation. You have to be willing to take on the risk to do it, but it's something to consider. And lastly, excuse me, is tips. Uh, tips are called treasury inflation protected bonds. Okay. Um, basically, they're, they're indexed against the inflation factor, and it's a pretty secure investment. Uh, you're not going to get rich off of it in most cases, but as interest rates rise, you definitely want to be considering the opportunity to invest in some tips. Is that a federal security? It's like, a U.S. Treasury it, security. It, it's a bond. Yep. And so it's really almost like a variable rate uh, yeah. indexed to the inflation rate? Yep. Exactly right. And uh, we actually have tips already inside of our portfolios, as an example because we've been projecting higher inflation rates for quite a while, okay? So part of our portfolio is actually investing in tips already. So mm -hmm. we've been kind of seeing that on the outline, so. Very good. Anyway, so let's talk about this fantastic idea of the insurance, you know, this whole concept of insurance, what's the value of the insurance. So when I talk to you guys about insurance, what do you guys think? I mean, what's the first thing that pops in my mind? In my mind, it's that damn bill that comes yeah, every month. Expense every is year. what I was thinking. Expense, yeah. expense, expense, mm -hmm. you know? And it's unfortunate because insurance truly does have a value. Uh, there's no doubt about it. it the, the people don't see the value unless you need it. Right. Well, that's when you had just said that, we're just actually going through a big hail damage that came through oh, in our there property. You go. Yeah. And so I'm kind of thinking, oh, it's great when you get that lump. Check. Helps you with helps, that. Yeah. Uh, and, and, uh, but, you know, when you don't have a, when I, when my wife and I were talking about it early on, I don't think we had a claim in. 10 to 15 years. I mean, it was crazy. We just right. keep paying that expense until right. all of a sudden we had a pipe break in our third floor of our house and flooded right. our house. And yes. So then it's like, okay, good. I'm yep. glad I had it at that point. But yeah, it yep. depends on, I suppose, what situation or if you've taken advantage yep. of it or not. Yep. So the true, uh, the true purpose or the true definition of what insurance is, is it's really a transfer of risk 
Are you willing to accept that risk yourself personally to repair your roof, to fix the broken pipe, to fix the flooded floors, to replace drywall? Or is it better to pay a small amount each year to an insurance company and let them take on the risk? Okay. Same with life insurance, same with all the stuff we're going to talk about today. Yeah, it's so. really kind of a, I mean, I'm not an expert on insurance, but it's really kind of a pooling of monies concept. So, um, you know, if you have 100 people and they each pay $1,000 a year into a place and you keep doing that same 100 people for many, many years um, and one person's house burns down in the fifth year, there's money in that pool to put that person back to whole. So it's, 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 it's spreading the risk of your house burning down, in this example, uh, among those 100 people. Right. They all have a little potential pain of paying that bill. But if you are the one that is struck with that big, big expense and disaster, um, the money is there to replace that or make you whole. Exactly. Exactly. And I think it's almost huge benefit that the states actually make people carry insurance you know i know it's a real pain in the butt to try to pay that premium every year especially when you kind of forget it's coming and all of a sudden boom yeah. there's your annual premium but yeah so for like car insurance yeah right? car insurance and that's yeah. actually the first type of insurance we're going to yeah. talk about yeah. you and know? then like home insurance typically the lender if, if you have a lender involved a mortgage holder that's right um they're going to require insurance because if that house burns down and you still owe two hundred thousand dollars on that house mm-hmm. you may not be able to continue paying it because you're going to live somewhere else and that's where all your money is going to go. So that bank is going to want, or that lender is going to want to see that their asset is protected as well. So the first couple of uh, types of insurance we're going to talk about are auto home and um, umbrella coverage. Okay, we'll kind of break them down individually. But um, auto and homeowners insurance, really there's two uh, general areas of the policy that you want to keep in mind. There's a liability section which is protecting somebody else due to your negligence or somebody in your families, and then there's property damage, okay? So auto insurance in the state of Iowa, um, if, I'm, if my memory serves me correctly, you have to carry a minimum of what's called 2040. It's like $20,000 per person or $40,000 per occurrence is the state minimum is what you're required to carry. And really what that means is if you're driving down the road and you smash into somebody that it's your fault, um, your insurance will pay up to that $20,000, $40,000 limit, okay? Now, folks, I want you to understand something. That is not much, okay? No. That is not much. If I got taken to, by, to the emergency room by an ambulance, it's very common for me to have more than $20,000 worth of expenses for that hospital visit. Yes. Okay? So in strong encouragement here is to talk to your auto insurance provider, whether it's a, a local... Uh, whoever, uh, representative, or you go through one of the national companies that advertise on TV all the time, talk about higher liability limits. Um, some states carry single limits. Some states have what's called split limits. You definitely want to try to get as much as you can comfortably afford because nowadays the $20,000, $40,000 split, if that's truly the minimum in Iowa still, it's just not enough. Pretty low. It's pretty low. Um, recommended minimum of 100 300 or even 250 500 or even more if you can get that. Okay. Um, the second section of an auto insurance policy is property damage. And this is one most people I think are familiar with. This is your comprehensive. This is your collision. Uh, this would be your towing, your rental reimbursement, things like that. Okay. If we focus on comprehensive, comprehensive is damage done to your vehicle through basically an act of God. It's called a peril. Um, what's a covered peril? So a hailstorm. You know, hailstorm rolls through Burlington, Iowa and puts 100 dents in your car. You know, that is... That is a comprehensive claim. Or in our area of the world, we have a tendency to run into deer. 
this time of year because the deer are up and moving all day long, you know, looking for love kind of thing, and they generally run into the traffic. So, um, so comprehensive, um, that's really not so much based on an amount, it's more based on a deductible. The lower the deductible you carry, the higher are the, uh, yeah, the lower deductible you carry, the higher the premium's gonna be, okay? So generally we recommend when we're looking at people's auto insurance policies, $250, $500 is the deductible. And that deductible means that's the amount of responsibility you're willing to take on. So if there's $5,000 of damage to your car and you get a $500 deductible, you're gonna get a check for 4,500 bucks, okay? Right. Collision is actual damage to your car not caused by that. It's when you run into something. Right. Okay. Same concept, $250, $500 deductible and so forth. So um, I know there's people out there running around without auto insurance right now. Um, you're going to get yourselves in trouble, folks. You can actually insure your cars for pretty cheap. It's nothing to worry about. Okay. Yeah, usually, typically, like our premiums and... You know, we're not we're not young twenty year olds or sixteen year olds, which I know the liability part is a lot higher for sixteen year olds. But um, typically, the the collision comprehensive part is the part that has some cost to it. The mm-hmm. liability part really is pretty reasonable. It's very reasonable, very reasonable. Um, you mentioned when you owe money on your house, you're required to carry certain you know, homeowners insurance and yes. so forth. It's the same with car, by the way. Yes. If you owe money to a bank, they're going to want you to carry full coverage. True. Um, so you're going to be forced into full coverage is what it's called, where you have both the liability and the property damage section at that time. Um, when your car is paid off and you no longer have that lien associated against your car, seriously take a look at the value of your car and see if it's even worth carrying the property damage portion of the policy anymore. Right. Because if your car is a little bit older, has a lot of miles, may not be worth as much, um, it just might not be worth to insure it for comprehensive and collision and stuff like that. So just right. a couple which of which is optional. Like the state doesn't require you to carry comprehensive right. or collision. They require you to carry liability for damage. Exactly to others. Right. Yep. Uh, homeowners insurance. Homeowners insurance is the same type of concept, except it's broken into different things. First of all, you insure your home based on the value of your home. Um, there's uh, cost replacement cost coverage, which is pretty common where, you know, what's it going to cost today to rebuild your house? Okay. Uh, Joe mentioned the price of lumber during our inflation discussion. It's going to cost a lot more money nowadays to build a home than what it is. So um, when you're looking at your homeowner's policy, make sure first and foremost that your dwelling is covered for an amount that's reasonable to replace your dwelling. Okay. In addition to that, you're going to get a, a percentage of coverage for the contents inside of it and, you know, damage to other people's property. You know, my house catches on fire. Suddenly my neighbor's house catches on fire because the wind blew it into their roof or something. You know, there's, there's things like that, they're in the policy that you want to make sure you look at. Um, the liability on their homeowner's policy generally is written in about three dollars to $500,000 range. Um, once again, that's damage to other people caused by you on your property. Okay. Um, some miscellaneous type things that depending on where in the country you're listening to this podcast at, um, earthquake insurance. You know, in the Midwest, we don't really think a lot about earthquake insurance, but we actually run along a pretty severe fault line in this part of the world. Just doesn't, it's not active. So I actually carry um, earthquake insurance on mine, on my policy. It costs pennies on the dollar every year to have it. And the deductible is fairly high because I just don't think the risk is there that it's going to happen. But if it ever does and it shifts my house off a foundation or something, you know, it's, it's coverage to have. And then sewer and sump pump coverage. You know, Backup of drain. Backup yes. of drain, things yes. like that. You know, please, please, please make sure you're talking to your insurance agent about these ancillary products because you want to make sure that, you know, if your sewer backs up because of a heavy rainstorm or something, it does damage carpeting or drywall and things like that, you have coverage for it, okay? It's pretty overlooked. Um, we just want to make sure that it's not. 
Um, another thing would be an endorsement on a homeowner's insurance policy. Um, people may not know this, but certain um, articles in your home, such as guns or jewelry, have limitations as to how much coverage they're going to get. So, and I don't remember the amounts, but let's just say a wedding ring or jewelry is covered for up to $2,000 per piece, and you go out and buy your wife a $10,000 engagement ring, it gets lost or you know burns up in a fire or whatever the case may be, um, you'd only be covered for $2,000, so that ring would not be replaced. So for a few dollars more a year, um, we would encourage you doing riders on certain things like the guns, the jewelries, the artwork, et cetera, et cetera. Once again, talking to your insurance agent about that. Um, the next part is umbrella coverage. Um, umbrella coverage is real simple. It's extra liability insurance that you provide. And folks, let me, let me stress this point, okay? It's truly the best investment in the insurance world. It's the best policy to have because it's millions of dollars of coverage for a couple hundred bucks a year, okay? And if you have children under your household that are driving around, or will be driving around in Joe's cases, mm -hmm. you know, a million dollars of extra liability protection on top of what your auto insurance pays for or your home insurance pays for is a couple hundred dollars a year. Two million dollars might be three fifty, four hundred dollars a year. Okay. It's protection of your um, acquired your assets, your, your, your home. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it really is. It's um, that is actually when we looked at it too when we had kids that began driving mm -hmm. um, because it's like you kind of are as a parent you're no longer right there with them not in control anymore and they do something stupid um, it, is a, it, it is an extension <laughs> yeah it's an extension of uh, the limits on that underlying policy and typically the, the policies require some uh, base minimum um, otherwise there's going to be a gap so if you're if I don't I'll defer to Marvin on this one, but if you're only getting the state minimum 2040 um, coverage, but the umbrella policy requires the 100, 300 mm -hmm. before it even kicks in, right. you really are self-insuring for that gap yeah. difference. Well, in most companies, they actually won't even let you buy an umbrella policy unless you take the maximum under the, the highest auto. mac yeah, or the exactly. highest base. Okay. So the insurance companies are smart in that aspect. You know, it makes no sense to have an umbrella policy; it's never going to be there. So, as an example, in the state of Iowa, once again. Asterisk by this, not knowing for sure these are the actual numbers anymore, but uh, two fifty five hundred a split coverage on auto policy is usually kind of the maximum. Um, sometimes it's up to a million, but you have to have that coverage on your basic policy before you can buy an umbrella policy. Okay. So good point, very good point. All right, uh, next thing is life insurance. Now I could probably talk a couple hours on this, but I'm going to try to minimize it down here. Okay, the bottom line, and this is once again my opinion, is it doesn't really matter what type of life insurance you have as long as you have it. Let me stress that again. It doesn't matter what type you have as long as you have it. The second point I'm going to make about life insurance is not an investment, folks. Life insurance is not an investment. So don't have your salesman come to your house or come to your, go to their office and start talking about plans and using the money inside of the plans for retirement dollars and so forth. They do not work in most cases. Most people are not willing to fund it. There might be a bad illustration given. It's, there's a lot of reasons why I say it's not an investment, but that's not the topic for today. The day's the topic is the basic of insurance. So we'll break this down into a couple of categories here. First of all is term insurance. Term insurance is exactly what it says. Uh, basically, you're buying a life insurance product for a specific term of time. Okay, it might be five years, 10 years, 15, 20, 30, et cetera. Uh, in most cases, the premium stays level for whatever the time that is, and it's the most affordable because the companies price their products based on the odds that you're going to pass away in the next 10, 15, 20, 30 years and so forth. Okay. The second type is the permanent insurance. 
Um, I'm not saying permanent insurance is a bad thing and you should never own it. I actually own some myself, but this is the insurance that's meant to be there for a, the rest of your life, essentially. Okay. So in my situation, what I do is I carry a large amount of term insurance on me. And that term insurance is actually going to be expiring here in the next few years because I, I based it on when my kids would be out of college. Okay. Um, the need won't be as great for life insurance at that point. Right. Okay. But there's always going to be a smaller life insurance policy in place forever because there'll always be a need for some life insurance. Okay. Um, so when you go to purchase life insurance, once again, think about it in that aspect. You know, what, what benefit or what um, needs will I have over my entire lifetime? Will I always want to leave my family money that's tax-free? Will I always want to, you know, make sure there's money there to pay for my funeral? Will I want to replace income? You know, those may be long-term goals for you, which then would require a larger permanent plan, keeping in mind it's not an investment, so you shouldn't be using it in your investment plan. The second part is there's short-term needs, paying off your mortgage. You know, my mortgage would pay it off someday, so that need's no longer there. Um, my kids will be out of college someday. That need's no longer there. So... It can get complicated, but if you break it down in the four sections, you have immediate expenses for funerals, things like that. You have, um, you have paying off the mortgage, you have college expenses, and then you have income replacement. You know, you can go through that scenario, you can run that analysis, see where you end, or people nowadays will do 10 times their income, 15 times their income, and so forth, okay? Uh, life insurance premiums are based on your age, based on whether you smoke or not, based on your health history, things like that. So, and even your family's health history. Because if you've had a, a father who passed away or a mother passed away earlier from cancer, um, all that stuff's going to be taken into consideration. So when you're talking about life insurance, please keep those things in mind. Uh, the next insurance is disability insurance. Um, probably the most overlooked type of insurance out there. And I don't know why. A lot of employers of good size will offer disability policies to, the, to their employees. But um, you know, disability insurance is what replaces your income should you get injured. Right. It's hugely important. Right. It's hugely important, if especially early on in life. I mean, if you've got a 40-year working career ahead of you and you get injured in the second year of that and you thought you kind of had it figured out yep. what this life plan was going to look like, <clears throat> that can really screw it up. Yep. So um, we won't get into a huge discussion about disability insurance because it can get a little complicated based on your career, what you do for a living. You know, is it job specific? Is it Can you do any job? Things like that. Um you know, but if you, let's just say you're a surgeon and uh, you crush your hand on, in a lawnmower or something and suddenly you can't operate, but you don't have the right type of a disability policy and they still expect you to work in some capacity, you know, there's a big, big, big difference there. Right. Okay. Uh, disability insurance is also based around limitations on your income. Is it going to pay 60% of your current salary? Is it a short-term disability, long-term disability, and so forth? So whoever you're working with on your insurance products, please, please, please be having the discussion about disability insurance because it's a very, very important uh, topic. A lot of times, I mean, I've heard people say this, well, I have disability insurance, but what they don't realize is they have a short-term disability insurance that might cover a, a three-month leave from their job. Um, you know, in, in the scheme of things, that it's a really small piece to protect. Yep. It, 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 it may, be, may be important for a person. But really, um, from a from a life planning, financial planning standpoint, it's really long-term disability exactly. that you're concerned about possibly losing yep. losing that income. Exactly right. Um, okay, final <laughs> type of insurance we're going to talk about today is long-term care insurance. Uh, generally, we don't even have these discussions with people until they reach at least 50, 60 years old. Um, long-term care insurance is going to pay for your care in the nursing facility or at home. 
when you cannot do two of the six uh, standard things of living, like bathing yourself, feeding yourself, cleaning yourself, and so forth. Um, it is a part of a, a plan when we talk to clients, and I don't want to say it's an optional thing, but uh, with long-term care insurance, it's getting more and more and more expensive to be in a nursing home. So this is when we talk about transferring of risk. You, for about a, a month's worth of stay in a nursing facility, equal to your annual premium on a long-term care policy, you can transfer this risk to somebody else. Okay, um, If you have the assets to pay for that type of care down the road, you might not even need it. You might not want it. But more and more people, uh, women in particular, are living longer and longer with medical advances. They're requiring more and more and more care. So when you're talking to your planners, please make sure you're addressing the long-term care and insurance part of it as well. Okay. So um, to close the show today, you know, we, we totally feel insurance is a vital piece to a balanced financial plan. Uh, make sure you're discussing this with your insurance agent and your financial planner. Uh, you may never use the insurance. You know, there's nothing worse than paying on a homeowner's policy for 20, 30 years and never having a claim. But if you needed it, like Joe said, mm-hmm. it's there for you. Okay. But you don't want to be without it. That's the bottom line. So my heartfelt thanks goes out to all of you for listening today. And as usual, a special thanks to Joe Jolin and Todd Sladke for joining me today and providing all their amazing questions and ideas. I want to hear from you. So please reach out to me by either giving me a call at 319-576-2264 or visiting my website at www.greatriverinvestments.com and going to the Contact Us section of the site. I or a member of my team will be in touch with you shortly to discuss our next steps together. Thank you again for listening to the Marvin Knows Finances Show. This has been Marvin Thompson, your certified financial planner. Have an amazing day.